Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Frank Haiti, Intel Fellow and Chief Optane Systems Architect. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Allison. It's great to be here. I'm thrilled. So, Frank, why don't you start by providing a bit of information about your background and your scope of focus at Intel? Sure. I've been at Intel since about 1995, working various places across the platform, but always with a focus on I.O. In other words, the things that you connect to the platform, the things that you connect to the processor that let you communicate with the outside world and store information. And since about 2010, I've been collaborating with the folks who actually make the 3D Crosspoint memory to turn it into something that's useful for the system. And so what I focus on is how do you take that memory and make it useful at the system level, make it something programmers can use, make it something the rest of the system can use to get users' work done more quickly. That's a fantastic focus for the topic today, which is how Intel is working with the industry to reinvent the memory storage paradigm inside of systems and unleash performance for applications. Why don't we start with what is the memory storage paradigm and why is it important? Sure. You know, this is a great topic for me as a computer engineer because it really goes all the way back to the 1940s when the first computers were invented. And if you look back then, you can find some quotes by a guy named Arthur Burke who worked with John von Neumann. And what he said was, you know, we need memory to go along with our CPU, and we wish we had a really large, really fast memory. But since we don't, we'll have to use a hierarchy of the technologies that we have. And that hierarchy really started then and has developed ever since then. But at certain times, it goes through changes, and we're going through one of those changes right now. The hierarchy really, looking from the CPU out, starts with SRAM for CPU caches, and then it goes to DRAM, and then it goes to storage. And as it goes to storage, just within the last 10 years, so really since 2008, We've added NAND SSDs there to replace just hard drives. And that's because hard drives are very slow. It takes milliseconds to access data on hard drives. And that became too far away from the processor. There was too big of a gulf when you asked for data to when you got it. So we introduced in 2008 NAND SSDs. But as NAND SSDs continued to be shipped, that gulf between the CPU and the NAND SSDs has continued to grow. So at this point, we find that, you know, there's a large gulf between DRAM and between a NAND SSD in terms of access time. It goes all the way from about 70 nanoseconds to access DRAM to about 100 microseconds to access an SSD. So you can see that that's many orders of magnitude. And to put that into terms that might be more useful for your listeners, if I'm on a CPU and I want data from an SSD, a CPU can access about 3,000 instructions per microsecond. And so that 100 microseconds is 300,000 instructions that I'm waiting for that data to come back. And that's an awful long time to wait for data. That's the situation we find ourselves in without Optane. Now, look at it from a standpoint of an application, a database or advanced analytics application. Pick your favorite, Frank. What is the impact of having this architecture on the way that folks are writing their software 
and what we can do with those advanced applications today. And how has Intel's technology delivery influenced that in a positive manner? Yeah, a database is a great example. And really, Optane can be delivered in two different ways. It can be delivered as persistent memory, or it can be delivered as very fast storage. Coming off of your database example, let's talk about it as persistent memory. What that means is Optane itself, the technology we're building on, the 3D crosspoint memory, we're currently shipping 16 gigabyte die. And the biggest DRAM die that you can currently get is two gigabytes. And so we're eight times more dense and we'll become even a higher order of density beyond DRAM as we go forward. What that means is that when you're using a system that includes Optane persistent memory, you can store a much larger database in memory than you'd be able to if that system only included DRAM because you can afford so much more capacity. So in that database, when you're trying to access data, it could be in one of two places. It could be in memory, and if it's in memory, you get to it relatively quickly, and then that's where persistent memory helps you so much because much larger database, much more of your data could be in memory. If you fail to find it in memory, you're going to have to go to storage, and then you're going to hit those latencies that I described earlier. And of course, you know, 100 microseconds is a long time to wait. With Optane SSDs, we can actually bring it closer. We can make it more like 10 microseconds away, a factor of 10 better, which is fantastic. And then with persistent memory, we can bring it even closer. It's more like 350 nanoseconds away. So you can see you could store much more data and store it much closer to the processor, enabling your database queries to complete much more quickly over a larger data set. Now, you've talked about 3D Crosspoint as a technology that was delivered by Intel. What is it, and how does it relate to the Optane memory and storage solutions that we're delivering in the marketplace? And why is this so unique compared to what we've seen before? The code names can get confusing. 3D Crosspoint is the memory technology itself, and Amazingly, the last new memory technology that was delivered and is shipping in volume was in the 80s. That was NAND-based memory. So 3D Crosspoint is the newest memory to be delivered, and that is the memory technology itself. But the memory alone actually isn't enough to make it useful in the system. You need a controller to go along with that memory. You need an optimized interconnect into the system. And then you need some software running on top of it to control it. It's that set of things, that memory plus the controller plus the connection into the system and the software to make it work, and sometimes even some changes in the CPU to make it work, that really defines Optane technology. It's the sum total of those platform components and the memory itself. So that's the difference between those two. And, you know, the things that make this 3D Crosspoint really unique is that it is quite addressable memory. It's persistent and it's high performance. To give you an example, DRAM is byte addressable and it's high performance, but it's not persistent. And in fact, the technology is not nearly as dense as 3D Crosspoint, so the cost per bit is more. NAND, on the other hand, is not byte addressable. You have to read and write in very large blocks. And I wouldn't really call it high performance, even though it is persistent. And so 3D Crosspoint alone combines those three metrics, that byte addressability, persistence, and high performance. And that's what allows it to create and occupy that very special place in the memory and storage hierarchy, really between DRAM and NAND. Can you break down for me the relationship between bandwidth and latency within this context and provide 
some perspective on why the 3D crosspoint innovation was so critical. Oh, absolutely. So when you want to break down the difference, the, the impact of bandwidth versus latency, you really have to think all the way up to the application level and ask yourself for an application to make progress, how much data does it need to receive from the memory or from the storage device before it can make that next decision and ask for the next piece of data. And what we find is that that amount of data is often not very large. And if that amount of data isn't very large, say it's a cache line or 64 bytes, or maybe even just an eight byte quantity, you actually have to fetch that amount of data before you can make progress. And then it's all about latency, right? Eight bytes is gonna move across a link very quickly but you have a round trip time to get that data back and you're going to have to wait for that round trip time. In a storage context, the same thing is true there. We call it queue depth. And while many SSD vendors will talk about very deep queue depth, and SSD vendors will talk about very deep queue depths, and we often talk about it in terms of number of outstanding transactions where they'll show SSD measures for an SSD of 128 or 256 outstanding transactions. They'll call it a queue depth of 128 or 256. We find many applications don't actually have that kind of workload. They only really have a number of outstanding transactions of one or two or four. And there, even at the storage context, it really becomes all about latency. You're waiting for that round trip time, and that's where Optane SSDs really shine. A great example of that is really client applications, where one, two, or four is, is the common queue depth, not 128. You can think of 128 and 256 as really kind of the benchmark numbers where, yes, the SSD can do it, but applications seldom do it. And so you really care more about latency in that case. When you look at what uh, solutions we've delivered into the market today, we've got our persistent memory in market, Optane SSDs, QLC, NAN SSDs. What do you think is key to driving adoption of these technologies in market? And where do you think your group is looking for future innovation? Those are great questions. I think that in terms of Optane ramping within the market, there's really almost decades of assumptions that are in many code bases trying to make up for the fact that DRAM isn't very large in terms of capacity and the storage is relatively far away. And so what we find as we're creating systems that include applications on top of Optane, often what we have to do is pull some of the code out of the application or the operating system and really let it access Optane memory or Optane storage in a much more native fashion. And as we do that, it gets a much bigger benefit. With that use of Optane with the optimized code, then what we find is that we're able to use NAND SSDs that are even larger. And the way we're getting to those larger NAND SSDs is actually by going to a technology called QLC, which stands for quad-level cell, which is a fancy way of saying that in each little cell of the NAND media, we're actually storing four bits. And that makes it so that we can store many, many more bits in the same cost SSD. And so what we find actually is that the way of exploiting all of this is by building out the entire hierarchy, having SRAM on the top closest to the CPU, then DRAM, and then finally persistent memory to hold the huge memory image where you're caching some of that in DRAM. And then we can move to an Optane SSD 
which is storing a fraction of the data that's stored in storage, and then QLC NAND to store the bulk of that data. And by doing this, at each of those levels, you get the performance of the highest performing memory, whether you're in the memory realm or the storage realm, and you get really the cost of the most dense memory. So it's really building out that hierarchy, that thing that started back in the 40s with the current technologies that we can muster that gives us the highest performance per cost system. That's fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about what you and the team develop for what's next. We've got so much work to do with the industry to take full advantage of the technologies that you guys have already delivered. One final question for you, Frank. If folks are interested in learning more about what we're delivering online, where would you send them for more information? So if you go to www.intel.com and look for persistent memory and for Optane and Optane SSDs, you'll find all kinds of information. There's some papers that we've written there that are uh, good entry-level papers for understanding what's going on within the technology, what's going on within the SSDs, and what's going on within the persistent memory modules. And there's some good links if you're a software developer to places that you can start to learn about persistent memory and about some of the APIs and software developer kits that we've put together. And I got to say, I get an opportunity to go around and talk to universities and give presentations. And I always tell the graduate students that I'm a little bit jealous uh, because they have amazing Mm -hmm. timing. They've come out right here as persistent memory is entering the marketplace. They get to go reimagine applications in a way that will deliver performance and work on data sets that their predecessors just didn't even have an opportunity to address. That's an amazing point. Can't wait to find out exactly what they're going to do. Thank you so much for being on the program today. It was a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Allison. It was great. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 